This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story is that the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years or since the 50s. I think it was the first time in 50 years. Over right, well, 50 this years is or something. Way more in your wheelhouse than mine, Binkley. So why don't you give us a recap of the events of yesterday? Well, the game itself, the Kansas City Chiefs, they won 31-20. to 20. It was relatively uneventful for a Super Bowl game. The spread was a point and a half. The, it was never really – it was in question in the fourth quarter, but the last few minutes it didn't go down to the end or anything like that. And the game really wasn't the interesting part to me. The halftime show – and I know a lot of people are talking about the halftime show. The halftime show – Outside of an 11-year-old girl that was brought up on stage towards the end of the halftime show, the halftime show was like something that you would see on a Saturday night at the Pink Pony. There was Shakira featuring her hips, and the hips do not lie. That's a phrase you heard frequently from the broadcasters. J-Lo pole dancing, and about 20 dudes groping J-Lo while they were pole dancing. It's like their only job was to dance and then grope J-Lo while she was on a pole. It was very provocative. It was very electric. It was very Latino. And their physical activity was fantastic, but they were doing all of this very sexualized activity on top of a female symbol. The pink female symbol was on the stage. It was just very contradictory messages they were sending out. I agree with that. First of all, I thought Shakira was great, super hot. Yeah, I had definitely. Seen her once before live at an NBA All Star game, and it was she was in a cage in a fur bikini, <laughs> and it was the only time in my entire marriage that my husband was like, "Wow, she's hot." Like normally, I don't know if he's thinking it, but he never says it, and I was like the one time where it was just overwhelming how hot she was. But and so she still had it. She's like, forty four, yeah, and she looks young. Yeah, but she didn't. She was, it wasn't like her being in a fur bikini in a cage. She was just like, no, you don't, you didn't fully appreciate it at the time, Monica. I was like, okay. He's like, this is nothing. But my 14 year old son was like, really, dad? Cause she's pretty hot. But JLo was in like a, it's like a spandex thing. So it looked like she was half naked, but she was really in a spandex thing, which is kind of an old person thing to do. Like I thought she was very unhot, but I was horrified that they were doing those things and then had all these young girls, like pre-adolescent girls, as if that was what they should be aspiring to. I was really shocked. If they, if those girl, little girls had done anything that the people, their examples were doing in front of them, it would have been uh, horrific. It was like one of those movies where it's a low-end, cheap strip club and the kids are hanging out backstage, it felt like, but, it, but, the, but really expensive. Because you're right, they had the the cameras kept cutting to crotch shots. And it was at, that I had to avert my eyes. I was like, Ugh. the athleticism of both of them, fantastic. They had to be lip syncing. I don't care either way, but it was very athletic to be able to do a performance like that. So Shakira, I thought was better at that. Maybe J Lo's heels were too high, but she had she was like holding on to those guys a lot. Or Shakira. She, I mean, she was, didn't miss a beat and was absolutely like her landings, everything were absolutely perfect. She clearly has the muscle mass to support her own body weight. Whereas JLo, I was like, dude, it might be the shoes, but yeah, I she, she reminded me more of Madonna. I think I only saw one, there's probably more, but at one point there was like a weird eye shaped 
from the because they always do the top. They do the shots from the bird's eye view, and you can see mm-hmm. kind of the outlines of all the I patterns the, on there. The film, yeah, when Shakira was dancing, a little bit Illuminati like symbolism oh, might it? have been there. Yeah. I saw the lighting and stuff. I didn't catch any of the symbolism. I wasn't looking for that. It wasn't too over the top, at least mm-hmm. from for my taste anyway. But after the show, however, there was it featured the mask singer. They kept talking about the mask singer throughout the entire show and they had a big mask singer event after the show and that's like one of the biggest programs that people watch is the this program following the Super right. Bowl. And we so went to the Puppy Bowl, just so you know. Well the Puppy we Bowl was over to the puppy much bowl. better, much more wholesome <laughs> and did not involve a bunch of celebrities dressed like furries having a karaoke contest because this this show is like eyes wide shut if it were a karaoke contest. I can't watch that guy. Who's the comedian that I think is have Chinese origin. He was yeah, like a I know doctor, you're talking about as Canadian. The guy who was running that masked yeah. thing. He was in The Hangover, which we had just watched the night before, and I can't get the image of his full frontal nudity out of my mind. Oh, he so did a full I frontal. I haven't seen that in The Hangover, and it, the joke wow. was he was good naturedly. Obviously, the joke was on him. You know, in that movie, it was crazy. Yeah. Obviously very cold on set. And he, so when I see him, like, I can't, I can't watch him because I'm so, like, I'm embarrassed by seeing him. So I like, kept advertising that Masked Singer thing. Over and over but again. But I couldn't watch it because I was like, I don't even know. I've never that. seen something more Illuminati-like themed. Oh, really? Oh, okay. It's I didn't just, see it at all. I tweeted one of the pictures that Twitter was advertising, and it's just these bizarre giant heads. Like it's a Dragon Con <laughs> convention. They're wearing furries. It's just really creepy, and it's become oh. one of the most popular shows on television. Yeah, I saw something like that, and I wondered if it was gritty. The Philadelphia Flyers mascot that yeah. was charged was by trouble. a kid for like, yeah, but he's got out of the trouble. He's totally exonerated. It never happened, but I kept saying, hey, that's gritty. I think he's a child molester. <laughs> But it was. My, my, my sons were like, what? Gritty? It's not a child was Like, well, oh, maybe. supposedly he punched a little kid, but he didn't. Maybe. So the commercials were the other thing that I focused on. And a quick run through of some of the commercials I thought is interesting. Facebook had a commercial, and this one was probably the most interesting to me. It was an ad that was promoting Facebook groups. And it showed various groups of people who were part of the same Facebook like niche, very tiny niche of people grouping together to do their unique interests. A couple examples were they had a rock skipping group. They had a front porch sitting group. They had a mixed drink group. People who like to make mixed drinks like you talk about. You have a blog. And the reason I found it interesting is because whenever people spell doom for Facebook, whenever they say Facebook is done, I say, no, it's not. It's not done because those groups are where intelligence gathering gets everything they need to have personalized appeals that, that meet specific niches, even cross. You could be part of one tiny niche and part of another tiny niche, and the things that motivate you are going to be so unique that they could be Personalized and the propagandists can have a field day with Facebook groups. So I thought it was interesting. Birds that, of a feather. Yeah. Like Google was Birds of a feather. But that thing, all those little groups had that rock theme. I thought it was very clever. That was, yeah. Like it was French front porch rocking. It was Chris Rock. It was Rocky. It was, yeah. Well, rock and roll, rock climbing. I thought it was good. I really thought it was clever. But now that you mention that, it's very interesting the kind of Facebook dialectic marches on. 
because Stephen King came out today saying I he was that. leaving yep. Facebook because it doesn't censor po- political speech enough. Yeah. He's sticking <laughs> He's to Twitter, you know. He's a shill, though, because I read a really good novel he wrote about JFK time travel and the JFK assassination. Oh, yeah. They made that into a show. His book they made into a show? I think it was called 1963. Yeah. A few I think years it, ago. I think the book said, was called something like that. And he said in the book, he's like, my wife doesn't think that he was just killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. However, so it makes it look like he's actually seriously considered and doesn't reject people who think that. I have done so much research and I have concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone, which is a preposterous oh, really? conclusion. <laughs> like there's no, no chance. If he had said, I don't know, I don't have the courage. I don't know. I just can't bring myself to believe if he had said anything like that. But he said that he concluded, and of course, that for me, that means that he is just a complete sellout. But, Stephen King wrote The Shining, right? Yes. There's a story, and fact check me on this, but there's a story that when he was writing that a long time ago, that his wife, because he was so obsessed with it, got upset and threw his manuscript in the fire. I never heard that. Yeah, I have to check the validity, 100% validity of that, because my sourcing is a secondhand source, unnamed. Well, you will never know the truth of that story, but you could possibly do some research to find out what the official narrative yes, is. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so a couple more things, Jackie. A couple going. more commercials, couple an Alexa yeah. commercial. There was an Alexa commercial. Did you see that one? With yeah. Ellen and her girlfriend, Portia. Portia Drossi, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the premise of the commercial was, Ellen asks Alexa, do something for me. And the premise is, what was life like before Alexa? Then it goes to these series of what ifs throughout history. And it's always like a subservient person who's a maid or who is taking orders from someone. A kid is Al or Alexa or, or Alexis. And so it shows how horrible life was without Alexa, right? So all these people, their jobs were taken by Alexa essentially. But then it gets to the final one. <laughs> and it's okay. Richard Nixon saying, hey, make sure you delete those tapes, Alexa. And then it shows a a black woman who was his secretary in the commercial, and she says, okay, but then she looks to camera and says, I ain't deleting shh, and it cuts out. So I ain't... Oh, is that I? We couldn't understand what she was. She saying. was saying, "I ain't deleting shit," and they like bleeped it out. Right. So what that tells me is that that last example is exactly what Alexa does now. So the other Holy examples were cow. when Alexa's bad. This one is here's what Alexa's going to do. You're going to tell it to delete shit, and wow. if it's incriminating, it ain't deleting shit. Wow! I think that was a, a message for what his actual function is right now. Even if it was subconscious that somebody did it that way, even if it was a revelation of the method moment, I mean, that is really interesting. Because I couldn't even understand. I knew what she was doing, but I couldn't understand what she was saying. Yeah, they cut it. And that vulgarity thing is a real thing. I don't think I mentioned this to you, or at least on the show, that when I was at the Grammys, I was at the Grammys a couple of years ago, I go every year, and Adele was up there, and she dropped an F-bomb on live TV and restarted her song. I mean, it was really outrageous. And I said, people like, oh, Adele is just such a diva. I said, Adele will not be invited back again. You don't do that. So then this time, this year, somebody cursed, like right up front, used vulgarity immediately. And... uh People were all making the Adele comparison. I said, no, 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 no. That person was told they were allowed to do it. 
because that's how this works these days. That part, these guys know where their bread is buttered. Adele never came back. They get permission. Yeah. They know. Yeah. And like five different people used vulgarity after that. Yeah, they followed the, the script. She went off yeah. script. That was her so problem. This, yeah, and all, and also, yes, and also there is this vulgarity rising thing. Uh-huh. And I think that that is a premonition to put that in a Super Bowl ad. Plus, revolutionary NFL, times, people are going to be more vulgar. They're going to be more loose yeah. with uh, their, I don't know, ethics. Yeah, the the. I would I would say this is a rare example that you can point out the distinction between morals and ethics. Right. I think that's a morality problem. Okay. All right. Yeah. Problem. That was I was trying right? to figure out which the best word there. Yeah, and I, it's very hard to explain this. That's a rare opportunity, but I do think that sports, the NFL, it's like Hannah Montana. She was super, super wholesome and got all the girls to like her. And then she turned into the whore of Babylon. Uh-huh. You know, same thing with sports. You get everybody that's a family thing. There's nothing left but sports, sports, sports. And then you have the Janet Jackson malfunction or you have whatever. And God forbid, I've been to a couple of NFL games or eight NL- NFL games since this trend. And they're just not safe for families. <laughs> so the one <laughs> no, I was at they're wasn't. not. I mean, the people that, oh, oh my It's gosh, the Coliseum. Shocking. Yeah, shocking. Yeah, the things that people say it's, to each and other. It, yes, yes. I think it was in L.A. too, and I think it might be in the place called the Coliseum out there at yeah. the time. Something like no, it can't be the Coliseum. But they had an old stadium. I went the first year. The Rams were back in L.A. People are Maybe filled with year, hate towards their rivals when it comes they to football so, games. It was so gross, just drunk. Like, yeah, people dry humping. It was like so messed well, up. For crying out loud, the Buffalo Bills, when they make the playoffs, what they do when they tailgate their fans is they stand on their their trucks or their RVs and they bring these big long card tables and they jump down and they break them with their backs like WWE. And sometimes they light them on fire and they jump through. They're insane. You know, was it you? Who was telling me about going to a Trump rally? Was that you? No. Was that- Somebody, I think that was somebody uh, we were talking to, you and me. Like, like they they may, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they start having tailgating parties. Oh, yeah. At Trump rallies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's going to go, like, to that extent. Did you see the ad I tweeted for the Trumpy Bear? I did see that, yes. It was pretty funny. I so, anyway, yeah. it's just, like, you can see in that ad, even more than Donald Trump's ads, what people feel like what Donald Trump makes them feel like because they do yeah, all they care right. about is that he is mouthy to the left. He thinks that he's somehow a blue collar hero. It just drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like the Trumpy Bear is a troll. It's a way to troll the left while staying warm. Is essentially what it oh, is. Oh, you think? I think well, I think for a lot of I people I think people like it. I'm getting one for my mom. They like it. I think like to wear a MAGA hat, you're going to show pride. But there's, but there's a lot of people knowing that you're when you wear it that you you are you are antagonizing people, and that's I mean, but that's yeah. also their fault for being triggered. But because of the way that the dividing line around and Trump that's has been what created. they like about Trump is that yeah. he's antagonistic towards the people they don't like. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, my brother said the thing he likes the most about Trump is that the people he hates hate Trump. So that, like, he hates Maxine Waters and yeah, Cuomo, that's a good Governor point. Cuomo. So he says that they hate it. He just loves that it makes them It pisses mad. them off, yeah. But that's, I just, that's such a base instinct. Yeah. 
One other quick ad, then we'll uh, I can move on from that, is they had a Google Assistant ad, which is kind of similar to Alexa, I think. I don't know. Did you see this one where it had the old I, man? It was I like, was very – I felt very emotionally manipulated by that. And my son, too, is like, this is an unnecessary tearjerker. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like this old man is asking Google Assistant all the details of his yeah. life with his wife. And I think he must have had Alzheimer's or something. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, maybe. Yeah. So the idea I looked up I looked it up a little bit is you tell them specific details and then so basically you let Google just log your life so you don't have to use your memory or exercise it takes LifeLog Yeah it, LifeLog was the US government's name for Facebook that that closed down the day Facebook launched Really? LifeLog and they said they want you to use it as a diary That's what this came off to as me, is you can just program all the stuff you need to know in there, then you can forget about it, and then you can just ask whenever. So it's a crutch, for one thing. It's good to work your memory to try and remember it it so you can recall it. It's a crutch. My iCal is a crutch. Yeah, and so is the smart parking commercial where you don't have to park your car anymore. You can smart park it. It was a Boston accent commercial. (laughs) And... The car parks itself in and out. So I guess you go take a driving test. Say, get out. Show us you can push the button to park the car. Uh, so the, the driverless. Yeah, the trunk flies open. You fail again. Exactly. It's a driverless. What park. about the Bloomberg commercial? The Bloomberg and the Trump commercial. You know, I just I thought that they were boring. I like. Tr- I thought Trump's commercial, commercial was effective. The Bloomberg commercial. This was my thought about Bloomberg, is that he. First of all, uh, Ron Paul used to say, unlike Rand Paul, I don't know about Rand. I think it's different for him. But with Ron Paul, he would say, I'm running as a platform to get my message out. And Bloomberg is a fascist. He wants to control the world. He gets his, like the sugary drink thing. He wanted to ban sugary drinks in New York. And then everybody's drinking stuff with NutraSweet, which is the only thing it's like 95% of all FDA complaints are about NutraSweet because it gives you a headache, metabolizes into formaldehyde. But this is what he cares. Like to smoking, he was a smoking Nazi. It could not pass the legislature in New York. So so Giuliani let it go. But Or I don't know which one of them did it, but one of them, they were the same cloth. I think it was Bloomberg made it a health regulation and started enforcing it, sending people to bars, giving people tickets, all that kind of stuff. Finding the bar for not enforcing the law. So nobody can ever pass a law like that. Anyway, but with, uh, so Bloomberg might, I think that he is definitely using his ads because he puts hundreds of millions of dollars into agenda items yeah. like smoking around the world. He's bribing other governments to ban smoking. I remember reading really? that years ago. Yeah, I, I don't, I haven't followed up on it, but at the time I remember him doing that. It was around the time Steve Jobs was uh, died. So in this case, he clearly has a gun control agenda. So e- even if he had no other purpose to run, if he runs that commercial over and over again, it will be like an ad campaign for his agenda. Yeah. But I think there's a little bit more to the Bloomberg thing, which I can hit now real quick. Go for it. It, it speaks to more of like the Iowa stuff we could get to in a minute. But he, I think, I think there's a chance that what's happening with Bloomberg is Bernie Sanders said today is the day because of Iowa. Today is the day that we we start to demonstrate to Trump, send the message that this country is not for, he wants to send that message to the billionaire class that the 1% uh, 
this country belongs to all of us, not just the 1%. So if Bloomberg comes in, they're changing the rules for the debate and stuff for Bloomberg. If he comes in and steals this in a non-democratic way because of his money, he doesn't have to take money from people, but he still gets in the debate. He's not even doing Iowa. It will be another nail in the coffin for democracy as we know it or as we our democratic process so that bloomberg it'll be bloomberg like oh just it's all money it's completely corrupted the democrat party and i do want to talk about how iowa is going to contribute that too but i I had a couple of things on super bowl i'm sure you have more go for it super bowl uh first of all just two things mahomes is the best name ever his name might as well be my man I just, I just love it. Um, I feel like would change my name to that if I were a, uh, and had aspirations to be an icon. I I I was thinking about Mahomes after the game. I was worried about him. And I was thinking about who the most important person is after the game. Uh Uh-huh. During the after party. Right. And the most important person is the person whose job it is to follow around Mahomes and other star players and make sure they don't get themselves into a hashtag me too situation. That is a good point. And he's young, right? He's like 24. Yeah, he looks really young. Yeah. Because well, that is a prime circumstance. Do they drink a lot? I was at an after party from the Stanley Cup once, and those guys really lay off the sauce while they're in the playoffs, or maybe the whole season. I don't know. But. <sighs> They let loose, but it wasn't about chicks. It was about, it was just about just letting loose like that. And I I think that those are mutually exclusive Uh at a certain point. So I don't know if it's a different culture with that. But yeah, you just, I think you have to have a room full of chicks in fur bikinis and, (laughs) you know, make sure that nobody leaves without a non-disclosure. Yeah. I mean, your handler's got to be in the room with you, got to be there with you the whole time. You got to sign ahead of time, like, I don't care what he does to me. Yeah. (laughs) It's consensual. Like a list, like a three-page long list of what you're consenting to. Yeah, you need a good celebrity athlete handler. Well, that was the thing that annoyed me about Bloomberg is that he used to brag about having, like, the fourth largest army in the world in the police department. And he has armed guards like crazy, and he wants us to not have guns. I mean, he's just one of those, like, Diane Feinstein types who are just like, what's good for me is not good for you. Yeah. But I have to say oh, one more one thing. one thing about yeah. Bloomberg real quick. I just remembered. Yeah. Like, Don is, is – is, instead of Donald, they call him Don. He's more sounds like more like a working-class guy. The Bloomberg ads, the thing I did notice is that it's always, Mike can get it done. And instead of Michael Bloomberg, uh, hey, Mikey can get yeah. it done. He's just oh, a guy yeah, off the block. Yes, you know? absolutely right. Totally parallel to the Trump thing. Totally. And the richness of Trump is always a big thing. Like, why – they said this about the chick who accused Kobe Bryant of rape. That, like, why would she make it up? I hope I I said publicly like how that case fell apart, fell apart. Yeah, I think you did. About that. Yeah, we talked about that. So just don't. I don't like it when people call him rapist. I mean, unless they're coming up with something I didn't see. Yeah. Uh, but they. But like with Trump, the the idea is that he's so rich, he can't be doing this for any reason but because he loves us 
and he wants the best for us. <laughs> you know? And that, so w- with Bloomberg, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the, that's always what you're trying to convey, I, I suppose. Yeah. But I didn't realize like the billionaire appeal to the working class is just get it done, which is a fascist thing. Yeah. So that's the thing that I don't like about Trump is that everyone's like, well, he can use the power of big government for us now. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so you're just a, a fascist, not a right. liberal, you know, like yeah. what is socialist fascism? What difference does it make? Uh, and then the only other thing was very sad because my son, my 14 year old and my husband, and I and a couple of other people watching the game and my husband was cooking fajitas and whatever. And it was just nice. We're having a good time. But my son who has Down syndrome just can't stay engaged and stuff like that for too long. So I let him just go in the other room and watch whatever cartoons. But he has a phone. And we were pausing it to like let my husband cook and blah, 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 blah. He comes in. The score was 2010 at the time, which so it looked like San Francisco might have an upset there. And uh, my son comes in and he's just like, look, look. It's about the TV show. And I was like, I didn't know what he was talking about. I figured it was like the Loud House or something. And I didn't have my glasses on. I couldn't read it at all. So I said to my other son, I was like, what does that say? And he was just like, what the fuck? Like, it's the score, the final score of the game. And I was like, oh, you guys were watching it after. Just like 10, not that much after, you know, 20 minutes. Like, I didn't even know. I didn't even realize it was delayed. You know, I didn't even realize my husband had paused it a couple of times. Yeah. I didn't know. So when my other son showed it to me, I I didn't even know that it could have been a bomb, you know, but I couldn't read a word of it because his font is so small. And I just flashed it to my other son and he was just like, did he tell you the score? No, but I knew immediately it had to have been a reversal Uh huh. because if he had, if it was what he had expected, it would have not, he wouldn't have been that mad. Yeah. And I was like, look, if you, you got to leave before dad even sees a look on your face. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I can handle it. I can control myself. It's like, I don't know, man. You can't ruin it for dad. So that was just one of those like Down syndrome moments where <clears throat> you're just like, I guess I can't be mad about this right now. Yeah. But we had a great time anyway. So I made a fantastic cocktail. I'm sure that you did. <laughs> I'm a really fun person. Of all the not football fans in the world that you want to watch football with, it's me because I can get up and make the cocktails while everybody's sitting around, you That's know, perfect. having fun. Yeah. You don't have to drink beer. You can have a fresh squeezed margarita every five minutes because I'm <laughs> not paying attention yeah, to the yeah, game. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, Somebody right. who doesn't have to watch every second of the game. Yes. So that was it. That was it. It was still fun, but we got a little. <sighs> can I tell you what the global palindrome day numbers? Did you see all this yesterday? No, but I I have a favorite palindrome, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, what's your favorite palindrome? A man, a plan, a canal, Panama. I see that one in the article I read. No way! Yeah. Oh, it was the name of a show, a documentary many years ago. Yeah, And I remember thinking, that's a palindrome. It's so cool. Well, a palindrome is when numbers (laughs) or a word spells the same thing forwards as it does backwards or it does the same numbers. And yesterday, which was 0202... 2020, <gasps> 2020. Oh, I can't believe I didn't. Get this it. was the first global palindrome because it works both with the month first and then with the date first. Wow, that is awesome. In 909 years, that was the first time we have had one like that. Wow. And 
It was also, listen to this. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe that I didn't. I just love it. And it was a numerical one. Yes. It, ah. listen, it, it gets better. It gets better. Love numbers. It was also Super Bowl Sunday. It was Groundhog Day. The first palindrome like that in 909 years. and Which is a palindrome. Yes. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Interesting. Which is a palindrome. I haven't even thought about that one. And February 2nd is the 33rd day of the year. Another palindrome. This is a palindrome. And because it's a leap year, it's 333 days till the end of the year. Another palindrome. Wow. All of that on the same day. And 33 is a big Illuminati number. Super of course. Bowl halftime And show. it's the age of Christ. It's a big my mom number. I mean. Like every lottery she ever is. I was like 25, 33 like for Christ's birthday and his if you're into numerology, yesterday was your day because that oh was. Oh my gosh! Wow, I'm so glad it went by without my noticing because I would have been a little nervous. Yeah, because me that's too. the kind of thing that they because it has symbolism. Whether these people are like really Illuminati actually has believes in numerology or whatever, they'll do things like that, you know to. To make it look either as a misdirection or with occulted significance. I don't know. So that's weird. Do you want to uh, hit Iowa? We can... I do. Okay, let's hit Iowa. Though... I can do my stuff tomorrow with the coronavirus. Okay, I've got coronavirus stuff too. But the thing about Iowa, <clears throat> that I'll just cut most of it out, even though I got really fascinated by – I'm not in a hurry, but I, I like to keep it tight. But I, I got really fascinated by the – the rules change and what it could mean. So I have tons and tons. I'm not going to do it all, but it just like fascinated me. But here's the thing. So Iowa is the first primary and that's going to be, it's, it's a caucus. So I don't know if they call it a primary, but what happens is you go to your place And you're in a room and you just kind of stand under the sign or next to the flag or whatever of your chosen candidate. And the last four ones of these predicted the nomination for the Democrats. They're changing the rules this time, though. And I think the change is extremely significant. And I think it's actually going to do the opposite of what they said they wanted to do. So do you want me to go through it or is this – am I stealing your thunder? No, I have similar stuff you on thought this. The same so. stuff. Because it's interesting. You want to know. All right. So what happens is you go into the room and you go to your flag and whoever – whatever flag does not have 15% or more of the people in the room next to it, that group has to disperse and find another flag to stand under. So a poll is taken at that moment and they write down the results, which is new, and then – you can disperse and go to your other ones, and then they take a poll of that, and they write down that number. And then, weighted by your turnout relative to the turnout at the last election, if your turnout at the delegate count is low, at the caucus is low compared to the last election, you actually get it overweighted. It's really screwed up. So then the, the third number is going to be your superdelegates based on the final count with some impact of the weighting weightedness yeah okay so here's the thing that's a little messed up so you get two choices maybe yeah here's the thing the first choice let me finish the the like okay how i think it's gonna matter and then we'll we can get into the nuances of it the first choice you you make 
and you can write it if if it's 15% first choice you that means you're not allowed to reallocate you can write your name down your vote down and go home so that's a first big change which means that everybody see the most significant thing of this is as you're there you can tell like viscerally and visually how the vote is going, what the zeitgeist is, what the mood is in the room. They're changing that by letting people leave. They're also changing it by not allowing 15% or more people to reallocate in the second round. So they used to allow that. So that opens up a whole new way of gaming the system. So if you want, if you want Sanders... If you don't want Sanders to win, and you know Elizabeth Warren's like on the fence, 14, 15%. If you know Elizabeth Warren voters will go to Sanders, you can go as a, you can go stand in that Warren thing so that she gets 15%. And instead of Sanders at the end getting 30%, he will only have his 15%. Like if all of hers, so you can game it that way. Or, you can go to one that you know will lose in the beginning. So I've been puzzling through this. I might be missing some. If you think booty gig is going to, it's actually booty judge. <laughs> you know, like the, the mnemonic for how to say his name. I never get it right, but it's, it should be booty judge. If you think he's not going to get 15% under any circumstances and you want to wait and see how the other ones shake out, you can go stand in his and then decide if you want to go to Sanders or Warren. Okay, I see. So, so if yours doesn't get 15%, you can do it again. But if it do get 15%, right. you can't. So if you want a second bite at the apple, you might not go to your guy first round. Yeah. And then if you if you don't do that, then your guy gets siphoned off. And if he gets 15%, then all those people are going to leave. So in the second round, you might be – in the second round, you might – uh, see that Bernie Sanders has like not one person standing by his flag. Mm-hmm. You really will not understand the way the Iowa caucus was always worked. I think it's not going to work that way anymore. And they said they wanted to speed up the process and make it clearer. I think that what it'll do is really flatten it out and make it more likely to have a tie to have dispute over which which round really counts right. as a leading indicator. Yeah. That's what yeah, I, I, I thought was yeah. interesting. It, I think is, this thing is going to be – it is a master, master stroke for the art of ambiguity. It, yeah, it, exactly, because it's all about the way it can be spun afterwards. And because they are announcing the results after the first round, somebody who wins – who has the most votes or most delegates after that round, and then if they, they do the second round, people who leave from the other ones – it might end up that the person who had the most delegates after the first round does not have the most delegates after the second round. So two people can say that they won or at least claim victory, and they'll be able to say, well, the other person only won because they got all the, the second round votes. Well, the other person didn't really win. They got the first round votes. I'm the true holder of the delegates. So you're setting up a potential to have two winners. It's like the, the national championship. The only national championship tech has won in my lifetime is 1990, and they're co-national champions with Colorado. And both teams <laughs> say, I'm the rightful champion. I see one of those situations happening, at least the like way the that Astros. it's Astros. Yeah. And that's we're, yeah. That, this rule was put into place by the Democratic uh, co- committee because of Bernie Sanders' loss to Hillary last time. Yes. Well, see... I think they use 
they may even manufacture circumstances like that to make a rule change they wanted already. So if they did want this rule change already, there's probably a bigger reason for it than just <clears throat> making the news cycle more interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they want to take Iowa's power away. That's a possibility. And I think Iowa's like, po- probably losing some of its power anyway. I just saw really terrible news flash across my screen. What was it? Rush Limbaugh has announced that he has advanced lung cancer. Oh, no. That's not good. I know. And even though I do think that he is a, uh, like a CIA agent and a propaganda master, that makes me sad because I like to listen to yeah, him. Yeah. I, like, I mean, it's sad when anybody gets disease like that, I think. He's so good, though. Like, it's enjoyable to listen to his propaganda. He is very like, talented at <laughs> what he does. Talented. Like, listening to Sean Hattie's propaganda makes me want to... Well, yeah, I, I have to it. agree. He's hard to listen it. to. I can't. A couple it. more quick things about Iowa. That I think another thing that might be going on here is I can't remember the name of it. It's something like voter choice voting. It's something that people have been pitching on the left as an alternative to the electoral college, and they're testing it in some areas of the country. Really? I think this could be another effort to try and bring the whole, well, the electoral is terrible back into the conversation. We need to eliminate the electoral. And I believe this is something Stacey Abrams has been behind as well. So I look for that to come back into it. And another interesting thing about Iowa that I found was that CNN did a poll, and it was apparently the final poll that is one of the, I heard gold standard, I don't know how true that is, but one of the main polls that, that the candidates rely on, CNN decided not to release that poll because they say someone complained that all the candidates weren't presented. And so, well, the poll was compromised. We're not going to release it. While the Bernie Sanders people are saying they're only doing that because Bernie Sanders is leading in the poll and they don't want to give that press to Bernie Sanders. Two things. One is I think and I think maybe Johnny Cook – tweeted this earlier today, but I thought this was true anyway, that Ron Paul actually won the Iowa caucus. Talk about suppressing a poll number. Yeah. And that, and that's why that's when I knew Trump was the establishment's choice because they pumped him up. They didn't just ignore him. Bad press is not bad. No. As they say. As he himself always says. Yeah. In his book. It's it's what they do to Ron Paul that's bad. Also, as far as the Electoral College, this was something I thought was interesting in one of the in the New York Times article I read. It said, we are not going to we are going to go with what the delegates count is at the end as when we call a winner. It's going to be the traditional way. We're not going to give lip service to the first round choice or even second round choice because this is all that matters. And that is how voters and campaigners tailor their their strategies so if if the rules were different if the goal was different they would behave different and the outcome would have been different which is exactly what trump argues about the popular vote versus the electoral votes are they validating his argument they were because it suits them it sounds like it subjectivist trick speaking of them validating what he said trump was talking about how bloomberg is short he's going to stand on a a box because he's short, and Bloomberg is buying his way into it. They're not letting Cory Booker or any of the other people in, but Bloomberg's getting his way in. And then CNN starts bashing Trump for everything he says. And then I hear Michael Moore speaking at Bernie Sanders' rally, and Michael Moore is saying the exact same thing about Bloomberg that Trump is saying. 
Nope. Really? Yeah, nobody's yeah, bashing that, him for that. That makes me think that I'm right, that the Bloomberg thing is going to be used as yet another... Am I missing this? Does this not fold into this idea that it's going to be used as another piece of evidence that both left and right is being subverted? Absolutely. The uh, this like our democracy is just broken top to bottom. He's blatantly buying his way in. It's over the top, I think. So I think you're right. I think that's going to be because think about that. Two billionaires. Two white billionaires is the opposite of everything that we've heard from the left for the past four years. If that were to actually, if you were to even threaten that, of the potential of him being the nominee. From New York, too, which is not not a very Yeah, very small corner of the world. (laughs) Well, share the show. Oh, it's not share the show Tuesday. My apologies. But you can today if you want to. I am actually today going to be on during the break. It's a live video on Facebook. So if you go to Clint Powell from during the break and maybe even my, I have to (laughs) master the art of sharing this, but I do videos with him once in a while. It's kind of fun. I mean, it's super fun for me, and I assume it's fun to watch. And what time? So, right, um, well. So probably after we get soon. this posted. <laughs> right <laughs> after this we're recording, which is probably an hour before you're posting this. So anybody who's listening to this can watch it tomorrow. Uh, you guys Anytime. tune in tomorrow. We got some Sorry. good coronavirus <laughs> stuff as well that we're going to get oh, to. Oh, and you know what? I think there was an impeachment last week. I can't. Let's. I'm gonna. I have to do some research on that, and I'll let you yeah, know. Yeah, we'll happened. find out if that happened or not. <laughs> Forget who it was. And you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with a propaganda report podcast feed. We will talk to y'all tomorrow.